Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Chant. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to G-Makes. I am Dave Crane Jr. and I am live. Those of you listening also hopefully are live. It is snowing outdoors. But get your butts down to G-Migs and have a steak tonight. Why not? Our good friend Dave Kozlowski is joining us. We've got Jake on the mic, <laughs> spinning the tunes. And the good Lord willing, we will have the Brett Ridge at Hawkeye Huddle 2 joining us momentarily. We've got a, some good things to talk about. Hawks are now on a five-game winning streak in basketball, which as far as I know hasn't happened since... Probably last year in the first five games they played when they didn't play in anyone. But five games in a row, started 0-3 in the Big Ten, now 5-3. And and it's uh, it's looking up for the Hawkeyes as, as the Big Ten season is progressing. I just got a text from Ridge. Dave, are you on the radio? Can I say hi to my mom? You can, Wayne. Father Wayne says hello to his mother, who I'm sure is a listener and a a listener to the Hawkeye Huddle podcast at thehawkeyehuddle.com. You can catch that free on iTunes all the time. Bridge, are you there? Can you hear me? I got you. Can you hear me? Now I don't have you. I can hear you perfectly. That's wonderful. Okay, well, that's really good. You sound like you're a million miles away now, but I can at least make out somewhat of what you're saying. So let's Let's go with this for now and see how it works. It'll work. It'll work great. Believe me, we've done this in far worse conditions. Not not weather wise, mind you. Yeah, true, true. So I'm I'm sitting in the shadow of Hawkeye memorabilia heaven in my uh, father's study here in Cedar Rapids. There are um, homecoming buttons. Every one of them from the 1950s on. Uh, on the wall, and we were just talking about a, a, one of the buttons here that a guy offered my dad 1200 bucks for last year, and he didn't take it. So of all the places for me to do uh, a remote show, this is an appropriate place. I'm surrounded by uh, memories of the Hawkeyes, mostly football, but uh, here we go with a, a, a really big week in Hawkeye sports because the basketball team is back, baby, and, and this is this is a week where we're going we're gonna to play a big basketball game and have four or five big basketball games coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, no question about it. Obviously, Iowa has Michigan State on Thursday night. I uh, was talking to our uh, local expert as it relates to the gambling line, our man Bruce here at G-Migs, and he suggests that uh, Michigan State should be a four-and-a-half, five-point favorite likely on Thursday. Um, but you have to give it to the Hawks. Uh, obviously, on Sunday, they shot the ball as well as – any of us have ever seen them do. Um, but the way that they have played, and, and last Wednesday at Penn State, in a game where I really didn't think they played all that good, especially on defense, but the offense just continued to grind. And Jordan Bohannon, balls of steel, you know, hey, give me the ball, I'm open, I'm going to shoot it, I don't care how far away I am. And he went Chris Kingsbury for us and knocked down that, that shot to essentially salt the game away. Well, you know, they traveled, uh, trailed by eight twice in the game. Obviously, early on, not such a big deal. But when you're down eight points, 
uh, with uh, five minutes to go in a game on the road. Uh, there's old, almost nobody in the building. You're essentially playing in a giant cavern um, out at Penn State, as we talked about, and <clears throat> it's just a weird atmosphere. And for them to to have the the uh, the intestinal fortitude, and we've talked about this with them so far this year, to come from behind. Uh, it, it, when their defense wasn't working the way that it that maybe had uh, at other times this year, and uh, things looked pretty bleak. Yeah, I, I I mean I I was fired up. There is no question because those are the types of games that uh, frankly Fran McCaffrey has lost, and Iowa basketball has lost over the last fifteen to twenty years uh, when there, there there just seemed to be no reason to lose to that team, and yet you were you were behind and they came back and won. And I'll tell you what. The statistics over the last couple of, we- of weeks have been really, really incredible. And that, uh, when we talk about the shooting percentage there on Sunday against Illinois, uh, first of all, 68% is, is an amazing thing. 12 of their first four, uh, 14 three-pointers. And then they had assists on 29 out of 34 baskets uh, in that game. That is uh, apparently some sort of modern Big Ten uh, record, modern-day Big Ten record. So they're doing some things offensively that uh, we we probably didn't know they could do, and then you turn around and you look at uh, defensively uh, what they've done, turning up uh, the heat in most of these games. Statistically, this year, uh, an eight and a half point difference versus last year through eight games in the Big Ten. Eight and a half points is what we talked about to start the season. You're looking at a handful of possessions that you needed to stop the other team to make the difference in why you went 14 and 18 last year, 14 and 19, and right now you're 16 and three, and they're getting just that many more uh, possessions a game and, and stopping them that much more, and it makes a huge, huge difference. So, so let me ask you this question, Brett: Is when you say eight and a half point difference, are you, is that essentially a 17 point difference? Or, you know what? Do you know what I'm saying? No, it, it's. Um, I think it was something along the lines of that. That other teams are averaging. I, I, I uh, like last year. I think it was like 71 points a game in the Big Ten, and so far it's been 63, something like that. Okay, so um, yeah, and the Hawks, Hawks are averaging a little bit more. Um, tell you what, that's the the field goal percentage is down five percent for the opponents. And the, the three-point percentage, and remember how they were just getting destroyed from the three-point line last year. Their, their opponents in the Big Ten are shooting 13% less than they did last year at this point in time. It's like 31% versus 44% last year. I mean, 44% is an astronomical figure. It almost, it's almost like you weren't out there guarding anybody. And I don't think they were at times. But 31%, on the other hand, is really, really good. And so suddenly it's not only um, that they've shored that up to where it's not a weakness, it's an actual strength. Yeah, no question about it. And, it, and if you think about the fact that 13% on threes, and, and let's suggest that for most basketball teams, probably half their shots are threes, maybe, into, maybe slightly less than that, maybe 40, 40% of the shots that, that teams take now are from the three-point arc. So that makes a huge difference, obviously, in terms of possessions not and not giving up points. This just in, if you score more points than the other team in a basketball game, you will win. And 
Uh, obviously. Thank you, Bill Russell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bill Russell. That, that was, I believe always, that I'll never forget. Scores, In order for the Celtics to win this game tonight, they're going to have to score more points than the Lakers. Came out of his mouth, and I went, well, that's why they pay him the big bucks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, at any rate, uh, it, it has been fun to watch. I, I mean, like, like you said, last Wednesday <clears throat> night was a game that Iowa was going to lose nine, 19 out of 20 times last year. And honestly, uh, they were down eight, came right back, tied it up, made the big – didn't they end the game like on a, I don't know, 14 to five streak or something like it that? Was, yeah, it was something like that. And, and um, it was enough that it was, it was enough that, that they – it was, you know, what did they end up? They win it going away 89-82. So it wasn't like a nail-biter even after Jordan hit that three-pointer and he put him up four. No question, and the defense uh, obviously held Penn State down uh, very much so there at the end of the game. So this week, we obviously we've got Michigan State coming in on Thursday night. I appreciate the uh, university giving out first thousand students in for free. Tell your son if, but he already has a ticket, doesn't he? Yeah, that's one of those things that I'm I'm fighting with because I paid for my, for my son's ticket already, so. The charity case goes to everybody else this week. But, yeah, uh, so Andrew will be there. And, and um, now the thing will be, how early do those kids get there? He's learned if he wants a good seat because they do now do the, um, the, the deal where, you know, it's first come, first serve uh, versus back in the day where I had an assigned seat when I went there. But uh, uh, we'll see how many more kids show up. And it's uh, free parking for the general public, which is a nice thing as well to make sure that um, – I think they want to get people in and out there a little bit easier and uh, make sure that people don't have to wait out in the cold as long and, and they'll get there early for that game because it starts at 6 o'clock and they really, you know, it's one of those things that's a little tougher to get there. It's a 6.01 tap. So you got a 6 o'clock tap on Thursday night against uh, number six in the country, Michigan State, undefeated in Big Ten play. Uh, and truly, much like we said a couple of weeks ago, an opportunity for Iowa to, to prove that it is a tournament team. Yeah, tournament teams go to Penn State and win games. Tournament teams beat Nebraska at home when, when they have to. And I, you said they're back. You called me baby. Don't say maybe. I'm yeah. saying this. If they, in fact, are going to be a tournament team, and... It, Andrew Candu from uh, the Foundry was down here earlier and asked if we're going to the Big Tens, and I'm like, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. Wait till February. Here's an interesting question. Can Iowa figure out a way to be one of the top four teams so you get the two-day bye? Well, and uh, so it's in Chicago this year, too, by the way. So right. uh, it has occurred to me, uh, of course it has, that, uh, that that might be a road trip uh, worth making, and um, at this point in time, yeah, that that uh, top four seed is is on the board. Certainly, um, Michigan, Michigan State have the advantage. Maryland's a little bit out in front, and Iowa is has a is a, a tiebreaker down to Purdue. But they're in that right. next group right now, and this is the point in time where you have to make that step up and you have to make that leap up. And if they don't, okay, I still feel like they're going to have a good seed when it comes to Chicago this year, but. 
this is when you, you, you make the difference, is you win a game like this, you win the next couple of games against some of these better teams. And I'll tell you this, and here's how good Michigan State has been. They have not lost a game in the Big Ten in over a year. January yeah, no, 7th of 2018. 20 straight. I, I saw against, against Nebraska when they won their 19th straight game that they had not lost a game in a year in the Big Ten, home or home away. It's incredible. And, you know, Izzo continues to do it. Uh, Bruce and I were talking before the show that, you know, how important point guard play is in, in college basketball. And, and quite honestly, Michigan, Michigan State, obviously Purdue with Edwards, uh, those three teams have obviously great point guards. I think Maryland's got a nice freshman who's a good point guard. But then you look at the Hawks and you say, okay, Jordan Bohanna may not be your quintessential point guard, but the, the guy is able to score. He's able to drop dimes. And uh, Connor McCaffrey came in the other day. Uh, he doesn't look to score other than go to the basket, which, frankly, I'm okay with. But he distributes. He makes good passes. He plays adequate defense, and he's a pain in the ass uh, when you're playing against him. Yeah, and, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where he brings that attitude. We've talked about it of his dad to the floor, um, which was, was kind of interesting the other day. I saw... There's a point in time where Fran got a little bit testy with the guys getting back on defense. They're raining in all those threes, and, and they didn't get back a couple of times, and he was getting on them during a timeout, and he turned and he got on Connor, and Connor gave it back to him, which is an interesting thing. He's like, well, it wasn't me, you know, but, but I think there's an <laughs> attitude there that, um, you know, it's a, it's a saltiness that, that I think the rest of the team needs to have, and uh, it, allows, it allows Bohannon to be, a, a little bit different of a floor general, a little bit more cerebral, and I think uh, they can play off of each other. And I'll tell you what, what Connor uh, has done is he's allowed Jordan to work out of his shooting slump that he kind of had for a while, and now obviously he's, he's really feeling back, uh, back where he was in the last couple of years, and uh, that added to, to a number of other guys knocking things down. Of course, you can't miss uh, the fact that Joe Wieskamp was the Big Ten Freshman of the Week after... Right. Going eight for eight in that game against Illinois, six three pointers, eight for eight. Uh, I think only three All freshmen right. have done that in the right. last fifty. We got to go to break. We'll get back to you in about three minutes. This is the Hawkeye Huddle live at G Mix. Dave Creighton Jr. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on seventeen hundred The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And by real sports fans, I'm talking about myself and the hearty souls down here at G-Mix tonight enjoying steak night. Come on down, delicious steaks, cooked to order, great potatoes. I saw what the potatoes were, but I did not did not memorize it. It was something fancy. No, I started with a D. Don't know what that means. Anyway. I think that was Dauphinese. Let's go with that. Dave Kozlowski joining us live, Kozlowski Law. Big shout out to him. Thanks to all our sponsors. Obviously, Bruce here at Jay Miggs, uh, the Temple to Rye last call, which we'll get to. And of course, Langle Woods Clothing, your custom clothier down here in Valley Junction. We're grateful to Pat and Tony for that, even though Tony doesn't know he's doing it yet. <laughs> anyway, so, Brett, as we went to. Uh, 
to break, you were talking about Joe Wieskamp, uh, Big Ten Freshman of the of the Week, and his uh, shooting prowess. Is essentially, a perfect game shooting last Sunday. Well, he had you know he really had um, a pretty good week. He struggled a little bit early against Penn State, then came back in the second half, played well, and then yeah, man, he was on fire on on uh, Sunday, wasn't he? Eight for eight and six for six from the three point line. It's a, it's a different dimension that uh, that they needed last year, and I I know we we went through it quite a bit, uh, probably ad nauseum last year when they were looking for guys to stop runs because they were missing Peter Jock, and I'm not suggesting he's Peter Jock yet, but I'm telling you right now from a standpoint of a guy that can knock down a shot when you really need one, uh, an extra guy they have to guard from the three point line, man, that that it's it's pretty to watch him shoot the ball. And to watch defenses have to go cover him because it, it makes everybody else have a chance to, to, to get open and, and go to the hole if they need to. And I believe it's helping Isaiah Moss, too, who went uh, nine in a row over two games uh, in terms of uh, three-pointers as well. Uh, and he shot a great percentage, too. So uh, some of these guys are stepping up like you need them to, and this is why the team is, is doing better. It's not just one guy. And let's not forget, they won that game at Penn State again without without uh, Tyler Cook. That's two games in a row, or not in a row necessarily, but uh, two games on the road this year that they have won at Northwestern, at Penn State, without Tyler Cook. Um, uh, a huge accomplishment. Once again, something last year that would never have happened. And, uh, you know, Moss really is the X factor when it comes to this Hawkeye team. For the three years that he's been there, whenever he has been hot and on fire, Iowa has played well, typically won the basketball game. And in the games where he disappears, which I think Thursday night will be a tough challenge for him, um, it is it has been a struggle. But to your point on Wieskamp, here's, here's the other part. Uh, with no disrespect to my boy Peter Jack, Peter Jack may be one of the greatest – pure shooters we've we've seen in Iowa it, you know ever but he he had a hard time playing defense Wieskamp seems to get his hands on balls deflects steals and he's a tough rebounder uh a nose and a knack for the ball he's going to replace Nicholas Bear next year as the guy who always seemed to seems to know where the basketball is yeah well I think it's a great point is the the the, the times we've seen him where it's we've seen you sit up and take notice is not necessarily when he's made open three point shots. It's when he's gone in uh, to a contested shot, missed it, and gotten his own rebound, or he's gotten on the floor and got a scramble and, and put it up and in. And, and you're right, it's it's those those hustle plays again. It's just it's just like the defensive side of things these possessions basketball is such a game of possessions and 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 um the percentages of scoring when you have the basketball and not giving up on on your turn with the basketball that it's it's really where the turnaround begins and ends it's just a matter of not wasting possessions defensively or offensively and suddenly you're 16 and 3 which by the way is the best i believe they've started since Tom Davis, one of the Tom Davis early years, eighteen and one. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think so. First, and and you know, so it, it, sure, five and three in the Big Ten. There's a long ways to go, and it's a tough road ahead with the, with these guys. But you, you got to be happy with where they are. And I think a couple weeks ago, 
didn't Ken Palm, uh, the, the, the website, his, his website had them losing eight out of nine games after they lost to Purdue. Well, they've won five in a row, so the computer doesn't always know. No, the computer doesn't always know, um, unless, of course, you're playing Madden and you're playing the Saints-Rams uh, game the other day, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, you know, the great thing, though, about, about college basketball is, is that you can have a team like Iowa, you can have a team like Mississippi, teams that you don't you don't think before the year are going to be able to turn it around. And you actually have to give Coach Fraham McCaffrey a lot of credit for this. He has, he has uh, stayed up with this process. And, and this is so, I don't think you and I have talked about this. I think the addition of this 1-3-1, three-quarters trap press has disrupted teams, taken them out of their offense, and it seems to happen every game where Iowa gets an opportunity, whether they're stealing minutes or whether they're going on a little bit of a run where they get a 7-0 run or a 9-2 run or something, and it, the Hawks are in that press. And, and I think the addition of that, and maybe it's understanding the fact that we have guys who can play it, uh, has been a huge help as it relates to disrupting the offense of the other team. Well, the, um, you're right. So it's two things. One, I think this this is a group that can play it finally. Um, there, there were other times where Fran tried, and, and it did or it didn't work over the last few years. Certainly last year it didn't work much at all. But you've got some guys who are understanding what they're supposed to do. But I also think you're right in terms of, uh, of what it does in terms of shortening possessions. Again, it's, you know, if it takes the other team 15 seconds to get into their offense, you know, even if they get it over half court, but now they're scrambling and it's taken them 15 seconds to get themselves starting to run, now you're really only have to de- having to defend in the half court for half or less of the shot clock, right? So maybe they're only going to get the first look that they want or they're not even going to get that. So it does a lot of different things, and it's not just getting the turnover. It's shortening the possessions and making the other team play um, their offense perfectly. And sometimes it doesn't work. You go back to the Purdue game where they had a tough time with a lot of, a lot of backdoor passes. I think Penn State the other night got some – some easier buckets, some dunks in the second half that you wouldn't like, but it did what, what it did exactly what we're talking about. Though it shortened the possessions to where if Penn State missed, they didn't. You know, it, that was it. Iowa was getting the board and going the other way. So it's well, it's a it is a it is a real uh, real bonus for them to be able to to do that. And he doesn't do it all the time. He slaps it on at certain times, and I think that's the other piece of it. It's not solely what they do. Exactly, as opposed to, for example, the Dr. Tom Full Court Press that you knew was going to start the moment that the the ball was thrown up in the air. It was going to go on the whole day, and eventually you were going to get worn down by it, and, and Iowa would go on that 14-0 run in a minute and a half. This team doesn't seem necessarily destined to do that. But I, but I do agree with you on, on the fact that Having to play defense for 15 seconds as opposed to 25 doesn't sound like much until you have 70 possessions. And live ball turnovers, which the Hawks have been forcing more of this year, have led to points for the Hawkeyes this year, which last year it did not always equate to that. We get a turnover, we wouldn't make the shot, we wouldn't do whatever. This year it has been turning into points. And so 
when when you add all of this up, I mean, obviously we're we're excited about the fact they've won five in a row. The next four games are going to be extraordinarily telling. We've got Michigan State on Thursday, Minnesota Sunday. Is it at Indiana or Indiana home? Uh, Michigan at home first on the first, and then at Indiana. Okay, so those are your next four games. Indiana has gone. I don't know where they went because they look horrible right now. They they really just look like a team that has lost their way, and so I think obviously that bodes well. Michigan's only lost one game at Wisconsin, which is uh, nothing to uh, shake your head at. And of course, Michigan State's undefeated. And then going to Minnesota up at the barn is going to be have their handfuls. Currently, uh, the Gophers and Michigan are like tied at. 23, I think, uh, with about five to go in the first half here in their game here today. So, tough four games. I mean, you know, ultimately, if you could just wave a magic wand and say the Hawks somehow go two and two in these, you'd probably be okay. Uh, you want to avoid an 0 4, um, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, so what are your expectations in the next four games? Well, and so I think Indiana and the two road games are the enigma. I think we know what we're going to get out of Michigan and Michigan State when they come in. So um, Iowa will have a chance in both of those games, and and they're going to have to play really well to win them. I I, I don't know. You know, you just don't know. But I I expect those to be competitive. Now, you go up to Minnesota, that's a team – Illinois – Blew them out by 27 points last week, just like Iowa did so the other night. Minnesota Minnesota's suspect, right? It depends on where their head is at on a given night. So you can go up there and you can have a who is the Suggs kid that went off for 28 points against us a couple of years ago? You know, you have something nice. weird like that happen, or they can play really well, or Minnesota could play a little less inspired uh, because they've been playing um, other teams at home. So you never know, um, depending on how that goes. I, I like our chances up in the barn on, on Sunday. I, I do. Um, I, I like that. And certainly Indiana's problem is they're young, and they depend on some really young players who have a ton of talent, but at the same time uh, they haven't been playing well. And, you know, sometimes that's a snowball effect for the younger uh, teams that depend on a lot of freshmen and, and sophomores. So I feel good about that one as well, although, you know, that's a tough place. Iowa just has not delivered in Bloomington for, you know, off and on for many years, it's been very difficult. So, but I, I do. I feel good about a two and two somehow out of this. I think that's probably where you go. You'd love for three and one or four and zero, oh, but uh, I feel good about a two and two. And then you move on from there. It's not a cakewalk from there, by the way. Um, every t- every game left. I think the only uh, ones that might look a little easier. You got Rutgers twice. Although they beat Nebraska last night at home, and, and uh, I'm trying to think, weeks ago. there there might be one other game that uh, on on the schedule. Northwestern at home, I think. Other than that, I think everybody's rated. You know, so it's going to be it's going to be a, a tough road the rest of the way. Which is why, by the way, if you can crawl into that top four of the Big Ten and get yourself a couple of wins, keep your net up. Iowa 24th this week in the net. Uh, uh, by the way, 19th in the AP poll, by the way, uh, but 24th in the net. If you keep that net up, you might sneak into a top four in the NCAA. And uh, so I think there's still stuff to try, strive for, and why would you want that? Well, you might get yourself a first-round uh, and second-round game in Des Moines if you get into, a, into one of the uh, first four seeds in the NCAA. 
Well, that, that's a really good point. Nothing that, something that no one has, has talked about just yet. And, and obviously we have a long ways to go in the basketball season. Before we go to break, we got a couple, three minutes. Let's talk about the Hawkeye women. So, so last thir- Thursday, no, Friday. Thursday? Friday. Thursday. Thursday. Friday. Thursday night. I'm sitting at home. Not much going on. I'm like, um, I'm going to watch basketball. And Christy says, okay. And I turn on the Hawkeye women. She goes, you're watching women's basketball. He said, I am watching Megan Gustafson. This, she's incredible. I, I, I literally I watched the entire basketball game. I think she ended up with 26. And I'm like, how does she do this? Because Michigan was double-teaming her, hacking her, doing whatever. And yet the Hawkeye women came out in the second half and just really put it on the Michigan ladies. Ended up winning a game probably going away by like 15 or 16. And I'm like, she deserves our attention. Well, so they went at 75-61. They got Illinois on the road the other day by 21-94-73. And she's got her eighth Big Ten Player of the Week uh, award this this week. And you're right. I think she, you know, she not only deserves our attention, I, I hope she gets the national attention she deserves this year. She got snubbed a bit last year. You know, it was... It was actually kind of sickening to, to see uh, the lack of attention that she got. I think people know about her in certain parts of the country, but it'll be interesting to see how the national media at the end of the year, uh, you know, pull together and, and whether they recognize her for, for her contributions versus some of the SEC and, and ACC players out there that might be on TV more often or might be more uh, media-driven. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's no. It's it's amazing to watch her, and and the part of it is that there is nothing that's that literally nothing that stops her. You know, she shoots an incredible right. percentage, almost seventy five percent a game. Every move she she has every move down the drop step, the cut, the undercut, uh, the step she back. And, you know, for a player of her, her size, she handles the, the ball. <laughs> it's it's really fun to watch, and and uh, the big game this week they play Rutgers, they host Rutgers. Uh, who the Hawks are number 17, Rutgers, I think it's finally ranked. Um, and uh, they're in first place in the Big City. Ten at 7-0. and Huge game. Huge game. So we'll be back in about uh, four minutes with the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700, the champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to uh, We Are Live here at G-Migs. Checking out Steak Night here. We've got Brett Ridge on the horn with me. And, uh, you know, the Hawkeye Huddle is much better live, Ridge, than it is uh, in the studio with no disrespect to the boring state that is the studio. No disrespect. None. But it is more fun to be out and about amongst people. This is why we... We chance it each week that we might have a technical difficulty here and there. It's it's a lot better, and we, we certainly appreciate G-Mix for hosting us this year. It's, that's been great, and I look forward to getting back there in a couple of weeks and having more fun with you guys. Are you on the horn next week as well? I am. I, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Phoenix next week. You know how this works. Every once in a while, i got to travel for work. But uh, I'll be back after that. I don't think we have anything make sure, make sure uh, in the way the rest of the year after that. So it should be pretty good. By the way, All right, good. the new make bump sure music, the Scorpions. I mean, we're, we've stepped up from the Iowa fight song to uh, some hard rock. That's pretty impressive. 
you wait next week. Jake and I are working in a little hip hop on from the vibe. Nice. All new on the huddle. So, Don't ask uh, me to, to chime in on that, but uh, nice. <laughs> that, I, hey, let's start I, with a little wrestling on this uh, on this segment because the Hawks uh, uh, were on TV the other night against Rutgers, uh, thir- I think thirteenth or seventeenth rated Rutgers, something like that, um, and and beat them fairly handily, thirty to six, um, in a workmanlike fashion. And when you say that, it's kind of hard to think that they got a couple of pins out of uh, uh, Lee and Marinelli, fairly easy wins. But there was some excitement there where uh, DeSantos uh, uh, got a takedown with a second and a half left Cross for his second top yep. ten way, uh, win in, in two weeks. I mean, and what? how much was that? Ridge. How much fun was that? Ridge, so you have to understand, then he cost the team a, uh, another team point due to his uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, yeah. So he's two for two, for two on big wins. And then two for two and getting a team point deducted for uh, essentially being an a-hole after the match. Well, yeah, didn't he? I guess he really did deserve a team point taken away up in Minneapolis, you know, for his actions up there, I guess, bidding on the mat or something like that. But the other night, literally just a celebration, you know, and and, um, uh, which akin, something akin to the uh, technical foul that... uh, that uh, Luca Garza got the other night, which we haven't even talked about, oh but uh, but you know his arms up in the air and screaming and kind of demonstrating it's something you don't do after uh, after a big win, and they'll get him reined in on that. But let's face it, this is a kid that that uh, they expected big things out of, but not right away. And I think he's thirteen and one now. He's got two wins over top ten guys in the last couple of weeks. Uh, it really is gonna it's gonna help them points wise when they get towards the NCAA's. And, and you know that's that's exactly where they're going, and that's why they went out and said uh, they went ahead and let Sam Stoll wrestle the other night to start to get him back into the, everything. And it wasn't an overpowering win, but certainly Sam Stoll was never even in danger the other night either. I, I think he won seven to nothing or seven to one. Um, getting him back at heavyweight, getting DeSantos really rolling. Uh, they're starting to make their moves to where uh, you're looking at at a at a solid lineup up and down the lineup maybe a couple holes in the upper weight classes but uh looking really good they've got illinois this week northwestern both on the road and we'll see i think uh uh spencer lee will have a rematch against that kid from northwestern here on sunday too that uh, that beat him a couple weeks ago yeah i'll be interested to see how he bounces back from that uh my wrestling insider tells me that he believes that the the uh, book is out on Spencer Lee now, and that people have a some idea how to handle him, and and so Coach Sean Brands and Assistant Coach Terry Brands and those guys are going to have to uh, give him some ideas as how how to alter the manner with which he is wrestled, so that he can continue on throughout his uh, collegiate career here at Iowa, and not just sort of be a one trick pony. So, anyway, but uh, in our last few minutes here, back to the basketball. Obviously, got a huge four-game stretch coming up. I can't remember the last time I felt like there was excitement in the state for an Iowa midweek basketball game against Michigan State, or, frankly, anyone else as, as far as that goes. Can you remember the last time? Real excitement, true excitement, going back to the to the Alford years. Uh, the, the last time Iowa won the Big Ten championship, Porter, I believe Michigan Porter, State came in and Iowa pounded him was the night that he did the flex 
you know, with his uh, showed us his pipes out there. Uh, Steve Alford did. Uh, Steve Alford currently unemployed, by the way. But um, uh, I can kind of think back to then. Uh, so what was that, 2006? But other than that, no, it's been a long time. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, these are the top two scoring offenses in the league. We talked about Iowa's defense, but Michigan State is uh, plays a very uh, uh, rough and tumble, uh, grabby, holdy, bumpy uh, defense, which is why they took Maryland last night. Maryland shot only 34%. Nebraska, a great offensive team, shot 29% uh, last week against them. So the, the, the test is on, uh, but Carver-Hawkeye should provide a great, uh, a great setting. And one of the things I like about this is eventually something has to give. Michigan State's won 20 in a row. Eventually they have to lose, right? Well, in theory, uh, I mean, unless you're – yes, in theory you are correct. They, they do have to lose. Um, and college basketball teams are not built to go undefeated throughout a conference unless you're Gonzaga and play, you know, in that league. But I'm I'm telling you this, and I, I do think the Hawks have a real shot on Thursday. I think they have a shot against Michigan on the first. And if by some grace of the good Lord they could somehow go 4-0 and in this stretch, could you imagine we're going to be in the top ten of the country? Oh, at that point in time? You will move up very quickly because uh, they would be. college basketball people know right now how good these if teams are that Iowa's about to play, and uh, they're paying attention. Um, and and Iowa moved up very quickly this week with those two wins over teams that weren't re- very good, but they were still impressive wins, and the way they're getting it done is impressive. So with about uh, four minutes to go, let's go ahead and jump into our Temple to Rye last call brought to you by Temple to Rye Whiskey. The original good stuff, four years. The modified really good stuff at six years. And the gasoline fire that I have at my house, which is just spectacular, in the green bottle, if you can find it. I don't know what it's called, but it is so good. It caused an issue last Tuesday night. Uh Uh-oh. And by an issue, I mean I may have had too much. And I don't know exactly how to explain that other than to say it was so good <laughs> while it was happening. And then Wednesday morning came. But And then Wednesday morning comes around. <laughs> but here's the great news about the good stuff. There was no hangover. There was, there was no modification. Only, why did I stay up so late enjoying the good stuff? That was the only question I kept asking myself. And just kept you up late. Well, it is, it is good stuff, and I know we... Uh, we each have a bottle of that, that green label, and that if you can find it, that's, that's special yeah, stuff. I'm, so. I'm going to go steal yours because well, I only got about uh, half a bottle left. <laughs> am I up first this week? Yeah, let's go. What do you got for this, uh, this coming week, these two basketball games, and include the women as well? Well, I like, uh, so real quickly for the women, I like them um, at home against Rutgers. At Rutgers is a very good team. They've, they've beaten uh, both the teams that Iowa's lost to in Michigan State and Purdue in the last week, but they're seven and zero in the Big Ten. They're due for a loss, and and Gustafson and company at home. I like them um, uh, going ahead and getting that done. And then they go, they get Purdue at home, a little revenge match uh, this weekend as well on Sunday. So I like them going two for two. Um, I think somehow either way the Hawks, uh, the Hawk men split this week and go one and one. I'm I'm excited for it. I want to see it happen. I think Michigan State's just just on a roll and too good at this point in time. So I'm going to give the Spartans a, 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 
a hard-fought five-point victory over Iowa, probably a one-possession game right at the end until they make some free throws. And then I think we go up to the barn, and I think we take care of business against Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota will be paying attention as much uh, after the, their game against Michigan, and they, they look around a little bit. And I think that's a better matchup for Iowa uh, in terms of, of the way they can D up on people. So I think Iowa gets, uh, gets beat on Thursday night. I don't want them to, but I do. And then I think they take care of business against Minnesota. So the homer in me absolutely wants to take the Hawks on Thursday. But sitting next to my good friend Dave Kozlowski, who's sitting here, who's full of Sparty a little bit, far, far more big blue than Sparty. I agree with you. I think the Hawks are going to struggle on Thursday, and I, I really think this this is how this game ends. It's like, it, it's like a tip-in at the end for Michigan State to win, and you and I are complaining because they were over the back or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I think the Hawk, I think the Hawkeye men uh, do lose on Thursday night. I really hope they don't, obviously. But I do think they lose. I And I agree with you. I think they go to Minnesota and they get another scrappy, strange win on the road. And all of a sudden, the Hawkeye men's road team. Women, I'll go I'll go with 2-0. See Vivian coming back, though, with 1,000 wins. Pretty impressive. Anyway, that's all we got time for today, Brett. Thank you for joining us on the phone. Dave Crane, Jr., thanks to my good friend Dave Kozlowski. Jake here at the board. Down at G-Makes. This is a Hawkeye huddle on 1700, the champ.